Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. 
Perception is the key, and the heart yeah. is the solution. Heart perception will change everything. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. And log on to our website at www.thesecretteachings.info where you can find our full show archive, my books, top news stories, and more all at www.thesecretteachings.info. Last night, we had a repeat of Tuesday night's show because, as most Wednesdays, I get my son Fox, and I don't really have an opportunity feeding him and putting him to bed and really to do a radio show without waking him up. So I have uh, Wednesday nights typically off. We have a repeat of a Monday or Tuesday or an older show, and then we finish the week out with a Thursday and Friday show new. So The Secret Teachings is on Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe. And if you're interested in why maybe you heard a repeat, that's typically why. Uh, Otherwise, you know, there are sometimes complications with the server uh, where the show doesn't stream. Uh, We're transferring all of that over on the fringe. I don't know all the technical details, but things on the network are getting better. We're getting new shows. We're getting really good shows. Uh, I haven't listened to all of them, but the network is growing, and it's all because of your support to shows like The Secret Teachings and overall to the network and, of course, to Joe Roop from Lighting the Void. So big thanks to all of you who have supported the network in one way or another. One of the ways in which people support my show, The Secret Teachings, is sure people buy books and they subscribe to the archive. We have our archive deal for the month of February. I've kept it going because people have been uh, very eager to grab a one-year subscription with uh, access to the whole archive for a year. Uh, the montages, all my digital books, and a physical book with free shipping in the U.S., it's like $40. It's our in-bulk sale, which is what we talked about on Tuesday night, in-bulk, maintaining the flame, coming up to the Ostara Spring Equinox Festival. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of listeners who email me things that I feel bad that I'm unable to get to them on the show. But there's just, there's so many emails. I have like 600 emails right now in my rdgable at yahoo.com account. And sometimes I, I read them. I just don't have time to respond. But I received an email the other day that I just kind of logged in my brain thinking I would go back to it. And I got another email today, uh, or rather last night very late, that I would like to also mention on the show, uh, both of them in regards to a subject that might seem very worldly. And although it's very worldly and it's the very foundation of materialism and the material world, it's also a world of illusions. I'll, I'll tell you what I mean by that. I got an email last night from Derek Johnson. and Derek Johnson was reading the, uh, the Manly Hall book, The Secret Teachings of All Ages, which is my favorite book, and it's what this show is named after. And Derek was just kind of uh, rhetorically speaking and saying, you know, he can't believe how 
Manly Hall was so young, he was in his early 20s when he wrote The Secret Teachings of All Ages, and how he knew so much information. And I, you know, I've spoken to people like Jordan Maxwell before, who, who knew Manly Hall, people that knew his wife, uh, who was also brilliant, from what I've been told. And uh, Jordan Maxwell and others believe that Manly Hall was kind of like a walk-in, uh, that he was um, someone who remembered his past, and he was able to transmit vast quantities of data to those who were willing to listen, uh, not as a prophet, but just as an author, as a researcher, as a mystic. Uh, his books are incredible. And so Derek was reading that book, and he mentioned to me the Druids, the magicians of the Celtic people, kind of like the Gnostics of the Christians or the Kabbalists of the Jews or the Sufists of the Muslims. The Druids, to me, when I hear Druid, are known for something that I always thought was very, very interesting. I'm not sure how many of you know this, but the Druids would make their magical wands, those that practiced magic in a physical sense, ceremonial magic. They'd make their magic wands out of a wood called holly, hence the name Hollywood, like Hollywood, California. So the Druids would make their wands out of this Hollywood, right? And they make their wands out of the Hollywood, and they were known for conjuring up storms. That's what the magicians were very good at, conjuring up storms. Now, that could be literal, or it could be figurative. You might say, how could it be literal? This isn't Harry Potter. Well, it can be literal because going beyond psychic and paranormal type phenomena, if you understand that there are weather patterns and you understand that when there are low-pressure, high-pressure systems, I'm not saying the Druids had radar you know, or understood meteor- meteorology like we do today. Well, like some people do today, I don't understand it fully. But if you understood the weather and the patterns and the changing of the seasons, you could essentially predict when there would be storms you know, or eclipses. So to the common person, it would be magic. So that's magic in a literal sense. And then in a figurative sense, they cast spells, you know, like spelling a word or curses are not so associated with druids, but to curse is to write in cursive. It's a very powerful curse because the pen, the tool never leaves the paper. So powerful symbols like the triquetra or the pentagram are used by magicians because they are cursive in nature. But the Druids could conjure up storms and they could create illusions and they did this with their Hollywood wand. The Hollywood wand. And so I've said, and I've also made a correlation in regards to this, that the Hollywood California we know is essentially an extension of Druidic magic. Because the Druids would conjure up storms, and when we think of storms, it's a very gray, dark sky, and they create illusions through parlor tricks and other things, and it's all fake. It's not real, and what is real is just the natural world that is understood uh, sympathetically or antipathic, uh, 
through antipathy, sympathy and antipathy of, of uh, natural elements, you know, animals and plants and stones and minerals and things like that. So you have the Hollywood of the Druidic magicians making their wands to cast illusions, and this is essentially what Hollywood does with their silver-gray screens. They create images that are illusions. They're not real. Now, it's not just Hollywood that does this. It's, of course, you know, media does this. YouTube is a platform for this. All the mainstream, all the alternative media platforms are foundations for the creating of alternate realities, for the casting of uh, spells, for the casting of uh, illusions, uh, creating narratives and framed realities. In other words, modern media is not much different than an act of magic because that's all it is. There's very little of it that's real. There's very little of it that's not intending to create an alternate version of reality. There's very little of it that is not a parlor trick. So that's Hollywood, and that's the mainstream media. Now, I also mentioned at the beginning of this uh, month, or into last month in January, that although this month is the month of Imbolc, or Kandelmas, the midpoint between the winter solstice Yule and the spring equinox Ostara, when in the northern hemisphere the sun begins to gain strength, the fire comes back, the nights get shorter, darkness is conquered, it becomes fully conquered during the spring equinox into Beltane, or Walpurgis in April. But around this time of Imbolc, it's a regenerative time. Things begin to grow again. If we go back into January, we have the month of Janus. And the month of Janus, or January, the month of Janus is a month that sees into the past and sees into the future. Because Janus, the two-headed god, can see into the past and the future, can see east and west or north and south, can see both directions. Janus is a two-faced god. And he is the god of gates and doorways and portals. And he's associated with uh, temples and war and other things. I, I even had another listener sent me an email about uh, a garage door. Uh, they saw like the sticker uh, for uh, this garage door company. And there, it, it was a company called Janus. And it was because... You know, we, I was talking to them, and we were saying that it's because it's a you know it's a garage door, it's an it's an open uh, an open um, area that is created when the doors lift. It's a gateway, a portal to somewhere else. That's what Janus is. Janus links last year with this year. Now, last year was the year of the rat. It was the year of the metal rat. This year is the year of the ox or the metal ox. Last year being the year of the rat or the metal rat, was essentially the year of the lab rat. And uh, that was uh, kind of coined by Clyde Lewis that last year was the year of the lab rat or the metal lab rat, that we are all lab rats, that we are all essentially individual test tubes, that we are all test cases for 
vaccinations and for a number of other medical experiments that are not necessarily mandatory, but they will be compulsory if not enough people participate or if you ever want to go to the movies again or fly on a plane It's so incremental, a two-week lockdown that turned into you have to get a vaccine to fly internationally. All that won't happen domestically. Well, not only are you going to have to get a vaccine to fly domestically eventually, you're going to have to get your updated gold-starred ID card, the national ID card, to fly across borders in the United States. And that goes back to September 11th, which in and of itself was a giant ritual and was a giant illusion. Everything, virtually everything that was major about that event was uh, illusory. So, this being the year of the ox, I was thinking of that when we started the year out. We did a big show. I talked about the year of the ox and the coming of Revelation, and this is a year of Revelation, I believe. Uh, The ox is a symbol of burden, as you'd expect, and only valuable animals traditionally throughout antiquity and to the ancient world uh, were deemed to be worthy of sacrifice to the gods. And so the ox was one of those animals for one reason or another. It's a symbol of cosmic forces, according to some books on symbols. And uh, in Egypt and in India... A more specialized symbolism was evolved for the ox, which contrasted it with the lion or the bull, on the other hand, because the ox is a symbol of burden and a symbol of the lunar principle. Often the ox is associated with moon gods or goddesses, and in contrast to that would be the sun, so you'd have the lion. In the lion's tooth, the, the golden robes, the lion is the sun, the ox is the moon. So it's in contrast to the sun, it's the polar opposite of the solar principle. But the ox is an animal of sacrifice. So last year was the year of the metal rat, the year of the lab rat, which brought us into a 2021 year in which we have all been turned into lab rats, from masks to social distancing to quarantines and experimental drugs and vaccinations that aren't even vaccines, they're RNA biological weapons. Making us all like cattle, making us all basically like an ox. We carry out the hard labor and we create the products that are absorbed by those who own us as cattle. Those that own and control the big businesses, the small businesses, the medium businesses, those that own and control the politicians. I know this is generalized rhetoric, but let's go beyond the generalized rhetoric. What controls businesses? What controls governments and politicians, as people say, What controls the whole world? Well, in one sense, it's cream. That controls the whole world. Cash rules everything around me, right? That controls everything. Cash rules everything around me. 
But, but where does cash come from? Where does money come from? It comes from banks that create it, and they loan it, and then they receive it back, and they loan it out again. And every time they do this, they create more fictional money. They create more illusion. It's not real. None of it's real. But we agree and we abide by the status quo of what is considered to be acceptable for the exchange of goods. But we've also seen proposals to create a digital currency because cash is either dirty and can spread viruses, as they tell you. I don't believe that's true at all. They tell us that cash is susceptible to theft, which is an enormous joke because digital information is like tens or dozens or maybe even hundreds or thousands, perhaps tens of thousands of times more susceptible to theft than paper money. I mean, if you have $20 in your pocket and somebody mugs you on the street, okay, but if you have, you know, $1,000 in the bank and, you know, the bank decides to shut down or the bank decides to just, there's an error on the computer. I mean, this happened to me one time at Wells Fargo, just an error. I lost like $4,000. Wasn't a scam. Didn't get ripped off by anybody except the bank. And it just literally vanished out of my account. It was a long time ago, back in like 2000, 2009, I think it was, 2008, 2009. It was a $4,000 student loan that I had gotten for film school when I went. And just literally vanished out of my account. I met with the bank manager, and they're like, well, we've got no evidence or no proof that anything funny happened, but the money's just gone. There's nothing we can do about it. It's like, dude, that was digits. Those were digits in a computer. They just disappeared. You can add them back. You can add back $400,000 if you want. It's all illusory. It's all fiction. It's all made up. But with the banks like this in control, we're the ox. We were the lab rats last year, and it's the beasts of burden that are used to cultivate and to manufacture the system of revelation, the system of the beast, once our burdens are carried to the extent for which they are intended, we will then be sacrificed to God. But it's not the God of the Bible or the God that you might be thinking of or maybe the goddess. It's the God of both artificial intelligence that's running much of the world's digital systems. It's the God of greed and so many other things. Cash rules everything around me, and it really does rule everything around us. Cash really does, in a symbolic sense, control everything. Money, finance, digits, everything, all of it. I mean, you saw this stuff with GameStop recently and how mainstream media has painted little people like you and I with a few hundred or a few thousand dollars as terrorists and criminals for doing what big hedge funds do on a yearly basis. Smash little people and make billions of dollars. And if a few people make a few thousand dollars or a few million dollars, well, that's an exposure of a corrupt system and we can't have that, so they must be terrorists because they're encroaching on our territory. But what's it all based on? It's based on banking. 
I mean, there are many things that are very important subjects that very rarely get discussed in radio, in politics, anywhere, because they're not political topics. One of them is what we talked about on Monday. It's the technological elixir, the idea that machines and robots and AI, androids and things like this can save humanity and can make our world a better place and essentially eliminate the work that we need to do as humans so we can live a nice, laid-back life and not have to do anything, which not only takes the meaning and purpose out of life for the most part, but it also makes us obsolete. And the elite see us as obsolete, so they're just having us manufacture their system. We are the oxen, we are the beasts of burden, and then we, are, we will be sacrificed to that very system. It's a scam. But what we're witnessing happen with the transformation of our society, with technology and things like that, Despite the transmutation, one thing that never goes away and has not gone away throughout history, and one thing that is not talked about in politics and very rarely is it talked about in radio, is banking. It's a subject that has virtually disappeared from the lexicon of conservatives, of liberals, and others alike. I used to be in libertarian groups in Florida. I was in one of the Ron Paul libertarian groups, Gary Johnson libertarian groups. Uh, I I mean, I went to things that were liberal, conservative-oriented. I didn't really know what any of it meant. I just went because, yeah, I don't like big banking, and yeah, the Federal Reserve is this, and it's that, and yeah, I know the 1913 history and Jekyll Island and bankers, not lawmakers, writing the Federal Reserve Act and... Yeah, I'm aware of all that, and I just went to things because I thought that it was, you know, I, I, I was naive. I didn't understand that there were political, you know, undertones to them, undercurrents to them. But nevertheless, I learned a lot going to those groups, and I learned a lot reading about banking and finance and money created out of nothing. And yeah, I've seen zeitgeist, but that's not what, you know, drives my knowledge of it. But we don't hear about banking. We think, oh, great, there's a Republican in office. Oh, great, there's a Democrat in office. Oh, great, Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum. But nothing ever fundamentally changes if the system is still financed and controlled through the same reins of power, which are big central banks. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret teaching, uh, Teachings and Cash Rules Everything Around Us. Well, cash Rules Everything Around Me. It's cream right here on The Secret Teachings. We'll be back after this. There's more. You don't want to miss it. Stay with us. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Hey there, it's Ryan Gable, host of The Secret Teachings, right here on The Fringe FM, Monday through Friday. As we move from the month of Janus into the month of Imbolc, traditionally a time of ritual cleansing, The Secret Teachings is offering a special deal to help you clear the cobwebs out of your mind. With a one-year subscription to the show, access to all of the montages, all of my digital books, and a free copy of one of my books in physical form with free shipping in the United States and autographed if you'd like. 
Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today by donating $40 through PayPal. Your support keeps us on air and helps to support the Fringe FM as a network. It also hopefully helps you to expand your consciousness and perceptions of the world through The Secret Teachings. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today by donating $40 through PayPal. That's thesecretteachings.info and rdgable at yahoo.com. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. So you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on 24-7 with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Have you ever questioned the nature of your reality, of your reality, of your reality? Do you question the nature of your reality? Join me, host Jess Rogie of The Rogie Report, as we find out more about the strange reality we live in. Here on The Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. This is Kev Baker of the Kev Baker Show. You can find me at Truth Frequency Radio or on my home website, www.kevbakershow.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. The truth is out there. And so are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. You're listening to The Fringe FM, where the wheel of the year turns from Yule to Letha, Ostara to Maybon. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. This is David Icke, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. It's time you got acquainted with the real hard truth. Hi there, I'm Ryan Gable, host of The Secret Teachings radio show right here on The Fringe FM. On The Secret Teachings, we cover parapsychology, pop conspiracy, magic myth, health, and more. You can catch The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday after Joe Roop and Lighting the Void right here on The Fringe FM. For more information, you can visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.info. Ryan Gable, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. So I had a couple of listeners send me some emails. I mentioned one 
from Derek in the first hour, first half hour of the first hour. Another email I got from Esteban says that I did a show on the year of the ox. And I did back in early January, the year of Janus. And Esteban said that as far as he understands, the ox, the OX, are a symbol together of the mark of the beast. Well, we know the ox is a beast of burden. I don't know how much it represents the mark of the beast, unless the mark of the beast is a perpetual working slave. But the mark of the beast, he says, is related to the O and the X, the ox. I'm not sure about that, but Esteban goes on to say that there are correlations to X box, to X men, to Apple's operating system using the X and the O. He says the X inside the O is a sexual symbol. And he said, so once again, those that are using these symbols are invoking the power of what that symbol preserves to complete a magical spell upon the masses. And he also says, and I like this point that Esteban made, you could also say oxygen, oxygen. That's a good point. So I got this email uh, from Esteban a couple of weeks ago uh, towards the end of January. And uh, I just kind of put it in my little email archive. And I thought that I had responded to Esteban, but I didn't. I'll, uh, I'll shoot you an email here after the show. But what really intrigued me is that the ox, as this is the year of the ox, and the ox is a symbol of the beast of bird, and how symbolically and how importantly that aligns with the year of the metal rat. And 2020 being the year of the metal, the metal rat... And 2021 being the year of the metal ox signifies something interesting to me, at least. And that is the year of the rat demonstrated how most of us are willing, not unwilling, but willing lab rats in whatever it is that authority tells us to do or suggests we should do or recommends we should do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And 2021, I believe, will show us that once the beast of burden has fulfilled his duties... That is, he's created the system of his own enslavement and is no longer useful to that system. Like all ox, he will be sacrificed. Now, I know a lot of people, every four years in the United States, they get excited about presidential elections and Trump did this, Biden did that. Oh, these guys are going to save us and protect the world. But here's the really important, critical, key point that's virtually always overlooked. You don't hear it on conservative talk radio. You don't hear it on, you heard, well, you don't hear much liberal radio anyway, but you don't hear it on like left-leaning radio or definitely on liberal television. There's very little conservative television, but you don't see that. You don't see it in politics. You don't see it in the world of radio uh, very much anymore. Pe- people that are, are, are well-known in the radio business don't, just don't tend to talk about it and, what it is, is is banking, central banking. I haven't talked about it for a while. I think the last show I did was about a year or so ago. It was called Big Rigged, about how global financial markets are rigged, about how Wall Street is rigged, and about how big banks are rigged, and they operate scams, and they rip their customers off, 
the very people that give them the money, that give them the power, they rip them off. They scam them. I mean, one of the biggest revelations of that was with the Wells Fargo account scandal, which unveiled that Wells Fargo employees had created millions of fraudulent accounts, checking and savings, on behalf of clients without their consent. They created credit cards without their consent, lines of credit. They put them on insurance policies without their consent. And Wells Fargo, well, nothing really happened to them. They paid a few hundred million dollars in fines, and it's estimated the money they stole is, is higher than the money they had to pay as a fine. And initially, they fired the employees. There were like 5,000 of them across the United States and said the employees did it. The employees were responsible. The argument was the employees conspired to rip off customers, which makes no sense why 5,000 employees, moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas and aunts and uncles and other people all across the country conspired together on Reddit, I guess. That's where conspiracies happen on Reddit and 4chan. And then they went to Wells Fargo to work and they started ripping customers off and making Wells Fargo a lot of money. I don't think that's how that happened. Granted, bank managers from a corporate top-down form of information and uh, direction distribution might have instructed their employees to do this and you know they got perks for doing it and they didn't feel good about it. But it's more likely that what happened was this was a company policy. And if you wanted to maintain your plush job, you had to rip people off. I mean, how does that make you feel? How do you think that would make somebody feel? How would that make you feel if you knowingly were creating fake bank accounts and lines of credit and putting people on insurance policies for automobiles when they didn't even own an automobile? I mean, the amount of money they siphoned off of people from account to account. I mean, that is a fraud. I call, it, I call them Wells Fraudo. That is fraud on a level that is beyond baffling. There are not words to describe how fraudulent that is, except the people responsible should have been hanged. That's how fraudulent it is. But not much of anything happened. Wells Fargo paid a little bit of money, and then everybody forgot and went back to cash their checks. And I remember when that happened back in 2016, I did a number of shows on it. I, did, I even did a show called Wells Fraudo. And I talked about Occupy Wall Street. Now, when Occupy Wall Street was a thing and people cared because they didn't like George Bush or something, and they were all about how Wall Street's a bunch of greedy people who just, they, they steal money and it's all fraud. And yeah, I, I agree with that to a large extent. But Occupy Wall Street was basically a counterintelligence operation, just like QAnon, just like Black Lives Matter, just like Antifa. Occupy Wall Street, they weren't violent like Black Lives Matter. They weren't violent like the communist Antifa. They weren't retarded, or at least as retarded as QAnon. Uh, They were just really disconnected from reality, thinking that by occupying the front space of a bank would somehow get the bank to change their policies when Occupy Wall Street really had no direction except to Occupy Wall Street. They didn't have a manifesto that said, we want the bank to do this, 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 and this, and stop ripping people off. 
I mean, there were people that spoke for Occupy Wall Street, but generally it was a it was a network of people that were gathered to go to a local bank and protest. And I remember reading this story. I, I don't know what the article was published in, but it was about a SunTrust bank, and it was out in California. And these Occupy protesters, they went to the bank after the protest, and they did something really interesting. They were protesting the bank, SunTrust, and then received donations in the form of checks for their movement and then went and cashed them and deposited them into bank accounts at the bank that they were protesting. That is baffling to me because you are, I mean, do I even have to say what you're doing? Like, is it really that, is it, is it hard to understand? I mean, that's like protesting Walmart all day, and then at the end of the day, you're hungry, so you go in and buy something from Walmart. I mean, that is, that's like glamour protesting. You're just doing it for the image, which is what a lot of Occupy people were doing. Uh, there were a lot of hippies and anarchists, and it's always the same kinds of people, the BLM people, the Antifa people, the Occupy people, the protest groups, and it's usually always an illusion that what they're fighting is the good fight. They're fighting against corruption and big banks when, in fact, they become the justifying force, the driving justifying force, to amp security further, to create stricter controls and regulations, which is now what you've seen, or at least what's being proposed, and what you're probably going to see after the situation with GameStop and AMC. Big hedge funds, big government, they want control. They want corporate, governmental control of the stock market and the so-called free market. They want fascism as Mussolini, Benito Mussolini defined it. Government control of the market. That is fascism by definition. But that's what media will tell you because the people that made some money that normally don't make money They're terrorists. So the issue that I've had with the the, the 99% down with the 1% is that they don't have any direction. They don't have any specific kind of guidance. Um, It's just general. It's just an image. It's just a virtue signal. Look at me. I don't like big banks. Well, what are you doing about big banks? Are you using big banks? Are you still banking there? You know, you've still compromised yourself in that regard if you are. So last year, to recap, is the year of the metal rat. We all became lab rats last year, and it continues into this year where we are the, the oxen who are building a control grid through AI and through autonomous technology, and through a cashless society because, you know, cash is dirty, of course, and cash isn't something you want to carry around that's inconvenient. And if you just use your phone, you know, the phones are entertaining and you can also pay with your phone and biometrics and microchips. And that's how you can make payments from now on. You don't need to pay with cash. That's dirty. You get rid of the cash. 
as the year of the ox, we will find the ox, once it has fulfilled its duty as a burden uh, carrying beast, it will be slaughtered and sacrificed to the gods. Uh, a listener of ours, Esteban, sent me an email saying that the ox, the OX, is a symbol of the mark of the beast. Now, I didn't know that, or maybe he's referencing something I'm, I'm just not recognizing. But the mark of the beast, whatever that might be, correlates to the ox, certainly because the ox is a beast of burden that carries all the burden and then it is sacrificed. So 2021 is the year of sacrifice, the year of revelation, the year of the revelation of the method of what's been done to the lab rats and what's been done to the oxen who are going to be sacrificed in the name of progress and freedom and justice and all those things. But it's really blasphemy. And the way that it's done is through the same creation of distraction, diversion, and magic. That banking is operated by. Not to mention, you also have the stock market, you have the bear market, when securities fall for a very sustained period of time, and then you have the bull, which is also the ox. You have the ox market or the bull market when securities are on the rise. So you have the bull market. We've seen what happened with AMC and GameStop recently calling for stricter regulations. Now, hedge funds are wanting the government to intervene and take control of the market like a fascist dictatorship which is pretty much what Joe Biden has done with his, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of executive orders. And this is the year of the ox that will be sacrificed. And no matter what happens, we just seem to forget that when the magicians are waving their wands, when they are telling us or implying to us to shift our gaze from the right hand to the left hand or the left hand to the right hand, that when they are doing this, they are creating illusions, they are creating alternate perceptions that are synthetic and artificial. And that's why things stay the same. That's why things never change or they change for the worse. Because ultimately, regardless of politics, regardless of media, regardless of anything that you might feel is a social concern, there are those who have power unelected and essentially through the uneducated public who are unknowingly supporting a system of money or currency and energy that not only is not backed by anything and it's hollow, the only value it has is the value that we agree it has, but by money and currency which is literally created out of nothing in the way that things manifest through magical means when a magician waves their wand or through sleight of hand, 
mainstream media, all media, television, movies, entertainment, Hollywood, all of these groups cast spells through the black mirrors, through the silver screens. And Hollywood is the name of the wood, Hollywood, that the Drudic magicians would use to manufacture their wands. And the magicians were very, very good, the Drudic ones, at conjuring up storms. Storms that would bring a very gray, hazy sky and rain and thunder and lightning. They were very good at creating storms and they were very good at creating illusions. They were very good at waving their wands and creating an alternate view, a mirage. That's what banking is. And so you see civil unrest and you see fear of severe civil unrest and people use the words civil war. And I'm reminded of a quote by the German Chancellor Otto von Bismarck. Otto von Bismarck said this about the United States of America long before the Civil War. The division of the United States into federations of equal force was decided long before the Civil War by the high financial powers of Europe. These bankers were afraid that the United States, if they remained in one block and as one nation, would attain economic and financial independence, which would upset their financial domination over the world. The voice of the Rothschilds prevailed. You used to hear names like Rothschild. You used to hear names like Rockefeller. You used to hear stories about the Federal Reserve Act and J.P. Morgan's private estate, Jekyll Island. But you don't hear that anymore. I'm still young enough to remember that I don't remember what people were talking about before I became aware of those topics and before I was in libertarian groups and did protests and handed out flyers and forums and DVDs about these kinds of things when I went to university campuses or sometimes we'd go to Daytona Beach and hand out papers about 9-11 or the war in Iraq and I was involved in all of that and when Barack Obama was elected and was into his first term a couple of years, all those groups disappeared. They went away. And I never understood why until I got a little older, and then I realized it's because those groups were not neutral political groups. It's because they were left-leaning liberal groups who didn't like the former president And so they utilized their wealth and their organizational powers and their lack of ethics to create these counter-revolutionary movements against uh, the Republican administration. Now, I didn't like George Bush. I think George Bush was one of the most corrupt people to ever sit in the White House. I think he was dumb in a lot of ways. I don't know the guy. I just, I didn't like him. So I agreed with what they were saying. However, throughout Obama's first term, I also realized I don't like Obama either because I thought I was at the protest. I thought I, when I was doing radio, I thought I was concerned with, and I thought other people were concerned with, 
corruption. Turns out I was concerned with corruption, but others were not concerned with corruption. Others were corrupted by the polar divisions in politics, and they thought because this guy isn't president, that must mean we're losing. And when our guy gets in there, all the war and all this stuff disappears. And what's at the core of all of it? I don't care if you call them liberals or conservatives. This is not a political show. What's important to recognize is what happens every day, every week, every single month and year and decade. There is a constant, consistent pressure from centralized banking sources that go beyond central banks and the divisional central banks to the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank. You know, the World Bank that called for a $4 trillion, that's right, $4 trillion carbon tax. A $4 trillion carbon tax back in 2017. That's a, that's a T, by the way. And they said it was, quote, to save humanity from global warming. And so I'm wondering why, still to this day, three years later, where all that money is going to come from, and how is it that bankers can solve our problems? When bankers are the primary source of our problems and one of the roots of all evil. You ever think about that? Where's that $4 trillion going to come from? It ain't going to come from Bill Gates. $4 trillion? That's a lot of money. Carbon taxes to a world bank? The bank is the problem. And we forget that. We kind of just totally ignore the fact that despite the illusion of power and the power structure, banks are still in control. I interviewed John Perkins, the author of Confessions of an Economic Hitman, a couple of years ago. And he explained his job in how modern warfare is carried out through economic means. And how so many of the so-called dictators in so-called third world countries, and countries that weren't officially third world, were essentially people who wanted to do what they could to use the resources of their country to better their people. Uh, Muammar Gaddafi is a great example of that. So when these dictators, as they're called, want to do what's right for their people, and if they can't be bought and they can't be bribed or blackmailed, then usually you see something like a color revolution or an organized coup to overthrow their government. Now, if they have very loyal supporters and they're clean in the sense that they cannot be bought, bribed, or blackmailed, and the coup doesn't work, and the media's portrayal of the coup as average citizens standing up against corruption, which when that happens in another country, it's good so long as it serves the IMF and World Bank and the corporate government in overthrowing those who will not participate with the global government and with the global corporate uh, banking cartels. They will portray them as heroes, and then when people in the United States do it, we're the enemy, though. We're terrorists. 
You've seen this since the beginning of January for anybody who disagrees with the election or despite four years ago, you know, we've had the beginning and then four years of incessant nagging that the election was stolen from Hillary Clinton, right? But when this happens in another country, it's a good thing because it's meant to overthrow these corrupt dictators, right? And install someone the CIA or some other intelligence agency has control of. Now, if all this fails because the so-called dictator is not that bad of a person, then assassinations are arranged or there's justification for military forces to be deployed in a timely manner. We have to stop this dictator. He's killing his own people. These types of tactics were outlined by John Perkins as having been the tactics used in countries like Iraq, Iran, Ecuador, Panama, and so on and so forth. Trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars have been stolen. Trillions of dollars in resources have been stolen. And banks, banking cartels, are at the forefront of this theft. You think when banks repossess homes or cars and when they take control of real physical wealth, a $50,000 car or a $500,000 house, you think that's a lot of money? How about the hundreds of millions and billions of dollars and collectively trillions of dollars siphoned from other countries through resources and What happens is if you can't assassinate the president and you can't overthrow them with a coup and you can't get the average person by arming them, which they aren't really average people. They're usually groups that are, you know, artificial insurgencies, groups that are given weapons like Al Qaeda. And if none of that works, then you send in boots on the ground. Then you send in the military. And the military goes in, like in Iraq or Iran, or, you know, they try to overthrow the government. If they don't go in directly physically, they go in through propaganda, through media. We've been hearing for years about how, how Iran is such a horrible com- uh, country. We need, to, we need to fight Iran. And Iran's one of the only countries that doesn't have a big central bank, as far as I understand. One of the last countries on the planet that doesn't have a big central bank. Maybe that's why Iran is the focal point of war and always has been since I've been alive, because they don't have that big central bank. Banks are the forces that control the world. And I think we need to talk about banks and we need to talk about cream. Cash rules everything around me. And we'll continue that when we come back from break. I'm Ryan Gable. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us right here on The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, somewhere between the normal and paranormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare. Right here on The Fridge FM. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. 
For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hey, Fringe listeners, Dave Cruz here, reminding you that Beyond the Strange airs live Monday evenings at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on The Fringe FM. BTS is your one-stop shop for the paranormal, the bizarre, and most of all, the strange. Join me and co-host Black Sky Paranormals, Russ Bailey, as we discuss topics such as aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, and much more. Also, we talk with profound guests, authors, researchers from all over the world, and we take your calls live on the air. Go to beyondthestrange.com and learn more about the show, guests, times, free registration for our newsletter, merch, and much more. Again, that's Beyond the Strange, Monday evenings, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. And as always, stay strange. The truth is out there, and so are we. KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Hey there, it's Ryan Gable, host of The Secret Teachings, right here on The Fringe FM, Monday through Friday. As we move from the month of Janus into the month of Imbolc, traditionally a time of ritual cleansing, The Secret Teachings is offering a special deal to help you clear the cobwebs out of your mind. With a one-year subscription to the show, access to all of the montages, all of my digital books, and a free copy of one of my books in physical form with free shipping in the United States and autographed if you'd like. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today by donating $40 through PayPal. Your support keeps us on air and helps to support the Fringe FM as a network. It also hopefully helps you to expand your consciousness and perceptions of the world through The Secret Teachings. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today by donating $40 through PayPal. That's thesecretteachings.info and rdgable at yahoo.com. Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination. Where happiness is an illusion. Where the past, present, and future all coexist on the same timeline. You're listening to The Fringe FM, where the wheel of the year turns from Yule to Letha, Ostara to Maybon. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.
You're listening to The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM, and I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Whereas in 2020 was the year of the metal rat, 2021 is the year of the metal ox. The year of the rat demonstrated to us that most people are willing to be lab rats. They are willing to be experimented on. They know the consequences, or they're too afraid, or they're too frightened to do anything about draconian encroachments on their personal freedoms, liberties, and their own well-being, their physical body, and the things that mad scientists want to do to it. They are willing lab rats. In 2021, we are being shown that the lab rats are no longer useful, and that the lab rats, this year in 2021, the year of the ox, have essentially fulfilled their purpose, making the ox, as the beast of burden, ready for sacrifice. I think what so many fail to realize is that beyond the parapolitics, beyond the politics and beyond the paranormal, beyond the fringe, are wizards of Oz, or we should say wizards of ox, those that control the cattle. And these magicians wave their Hollywood wands like the Drudic magicians to cast illusions through media and government financing. They are generally anonymous, but are known popularly and collectively as the banksters. Thomas Jefferson, the second president of the United States, once made a statement that is as relevant today, perhaps more so today, than it was in the early 1800s when he said, I believe that banking institutions are more dangerous to our liberties than standing armies. If the American people ever allow private banks to control the issue of their currency, first by inflation, then by deflation, the banks and corporations that will grow up around those banks will deprive the people of all property until their children wake up homeless on the continent their fathers conquered. The issuing power should be taken from the banks and restored to the people to whom it properly belongs. For a very, very long time, the issuing power of money has been held by the hands of a small elite in the global financial system. You saw recently what happened with GameStop and AMC and how furious hedge funds and people that are in the financial markets that gamble on Wall Street, just across the board, anyone who is profiting from the system is maybe a little bit afraid, or at least if they're not afraid, they're happy to use the GameStop situation, the AMC situation, and others to justify the draconian governmental lockdown of a supposedly free market to turn it into a fascist state in which the government, as Benito Mussolini said, the government will have control of the markets, control of the corporations. That is fascism. We essentially live in a corporate fascist state where even the oxygen we breathe is being assaulted as if 
oxygen should be taxed. The World Bank says a $4 trillion tax should be leveled. The World Bank says a $4 trillion tax should be levied against people for breathing. And it's very convenient now with one, two, three, count them, four masks. That your carbon dioxide output and your oxygen absorption is much lower than it normally would be. This is saving the planet from all of the dirty humans. All of the the half-bloods, the people that, they're not like those people that control the banking institutions. They are royalty. You will bow down and kiss their bare, stinking feet. They control you. They own you. They are your masters, and you are the slave. It's funny, historically speaking, all the people that would be so appalled that I would quote Thomas Jefferson, despite the fact that Thomas Jefferson saw the error in owning slaves, And despite the fact that Thomas Jefferson, like so many others, attempted to pass legislation at one point or another to ban the practice of slavery, and despite the fact that Thomas Jefferson, like so many others, eventually got rid of slaves and set them free, and despite the fact that Thomas Jefferson and others wanted a strong federal government that wanted to end slavery, And it was actually the primarily what would become Democratic Southern states that wanted to preserve slavery and did not want to participate in the formation of a federal government. I say primarily Democratic Southern states because they really weren't Southern states in the context that we recall, you know, until the midpoint of the 80s. We know that Civil War history. But back in back in the late 1700s, back in the late 18th century, When states first came together, a lot of states were upset because of the the amount of representation in the House of Representatives and Congress or in the Senate, uh, which would later be proposed as a way to balance out representative government. States that were a certain uh, population size could have representatives based on that population, but then it would be balanced out by a Senate, which would be comprised of two senators from each state, regardless of how large it was. Because small states like Rhode Island were afraid that big states like New York would control them politically. But they also wanted the protection, some of the states wanted the protection of a federalized government with a constitution that would protect the rights of all against the assaults of the individuals or the minis, the many states that might choose to aggress. So it would offer protection to all states. That was the federal argument. Nevertheless, though, it's funny when you think about slavery in that context, who really owned slaves? Were they white plantation owners? It's kind of like chicken farming today. Do the chicken farmers own the chickens? No, the chickens are shipped by Tyson or these other disgusting chicken companies. And the farmers are giving, given like a lottery system, basically, depending on their performance. The big farms get the best chickens, and then they get a bigger reward once the chickens have been raised and they're carted off after a couple of weeks and they're sent to the market. They get more money for that, but they also got the best pick. And the small farmers 
not the big farms, not the big farmers, the small farmers get a poor pick. And if a quarter or a third, you know, roughly of, of the, of the, of the chickens don't grow the right, you know, at the right rate, then they don't get the money. So they end up in massive debt, millions and millions of dollars, and they are controlled contractually through these big chicken companies like Tyson. That's basically what a lot of slave owning, owning plantation uh, plantations were. They were controlled not by Tyson chicken, but by big centralized banking institutions. Yes, even in the 18th century. Even before the drafting of the Constitution of the United States in 1787, the Bank of North America was founded. It was founded in 1781 with a charter from the Continental Congress. The bank draft initially came from Continental Congressman Robert Morris, who wanted to create a bank modeled after the Bank of England. Despite popular ideas about the founding of the United States of America, many of the founders still, uh, they had admiration for the British. They, they weren't separate from the British. Politically, ideologically, the views changed, but they still saw the British, a lot of them, as something to be not only admired, but to be praised and Many wanted our government in the United States to be modeled after the British government. Basically exchanging one form of power for another form of power that was as restrictive or more so restrictive, depending, I guess, on the, on the type and style of government. So many types of governments were mashed together, and they tried to create something that was better than anything that had been done before. And they based it on the... the um, the old, old document, the Magna Carta. Now, due to the Revolutionary War, the Bank of North America was granted full government-sanctioned monopoly to print useless paper money that was not backed by tangible items like gold or silver. And the printing of worthless paper created excess inflation, and along with rampant corruption, it forced the closure of the Bank of North America within three years of its creation. So Robert Morris drafts this first bank charter in Congress. They establish in 1781 the Bank of North America. It begins to loan money, creating money out of nothing, given full government-sanctioned monopoly to print this money, which is not backed by anything. And because of the runaway inflation and the rampant corruption, the Bank of North America closed within a few years of its creation. So a couple of years after that in 1789, founded in 1781, closes in 1784 roughly, 1789, a couple of years after that, five years later, 1789, Alexander Hamilton, the Treasury Secretary, and an aide to Robert Morris at one point, lobbied for the first central bank, the Bank of the United States which was founded in 1791 with a 20-year charter. The first central bank was modeled also after the Bank of England. The first central bank in America was also allowed to operate as a monopoly, just as the Bank of North America operated as a monopoly during its short existence. Now, one thing I don't understand about Alexander Hamilton is why so many people have, like, a raging erection for this guy. 
Like they love federal government, more government control, more government control. In the 18th century, the founding fathers that wanted government control didn't want government control from what I've read because they wanted to control people's lives because they were psychopathic tyrants. They wanted government control in a federal sense to guarantee the equal rights to all of the citizens of individual states coming together under a collective constitution, not because they wanted to control people's lives. That's what people think big government is. That's why they've got like blacks and Hispanics playing 18th century white people because we've got to make it you know more appropriate and, oh, we love Alexander Hamilton. Well, if you liked Alexander Hamilton, maybe you should read some of his stuff because the guy wasn't a tyrant like you think he was. He made, it was news to me. I read a book on the Constitutional Convention and I'm reading some of the stuff Alexander Hamilton said and I'm thinking, wait a minute. I, I, I thought extremists loved this guy for his, his you know, orgasmic, you know, uh, attachment to, to big government. And it's like, none of that was true. I mean, even, even Alexander Hamilton, who I never particularly liked because of that, and when I started reading what the guy said, it's like, that's not, that's not what he said. And they make these just despicable, trite, you know, plays and movies like Hamilton, which is an insult. I mean, it's like, it's like if we did a movie with a white guy who plays uh, Martin Luther King, right? Or what was that Dave Chappelle joke or something he said? I think it was, was it a Tom Cruise movie? He got Tom Cruise in that Last Samurai. He's like that's <laughs> that's like having a having a, a what did he say? I think it was Tom. Yeah, having Tom Hanks play the last black man on Earth. I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous. But that's not what Alexander Hamilton stood for. It's it's misunderstood and it's turned into its own cultural thing. Doesn't make any sense. But you know, who cares what reality is and what facts are? We just continue to go along thinking everything's great. Because there's a different color in the White House when institutional banking and the wizards of ox that control the cattle are ready to sacrifice their cattle because the cattle and the lab rats have constructed the system of their own enslavement. They've constructed the own conveyor belt, their conve- the conveyor belt to their own slaughter. Now, in 1811... Under the fourth president of the United States, James Madison, James Madison, one of my favorite presidents, brilliant guy, there was a tie in Congress on the renewal of the charter for the first U.S. Central Bank. Vice President George Clinton broke the tie and voted to cast the bankers out. Of course, that created some conflict because right after the first central bank was shut down, within a few months, the War of 1812 began. And President Madison quickly reversed his opposition only to later reinstate another bank charter, which would come into existence in 1816. The second central bank, or the second bank of the United States, was chartered to last 20 years until 1836, when a previous vote in 1832 by Andrew Jackson denied an extension of the charter. So the 1816 charter would end after 20 years in 1836, but in 1832, when there was a vote To extend it beyond 1836, Andrew Jackson denied the charter. Which, according to uh, our old friend Jim Mars, is one of the primary reasons why there was a bank war. Now, that led to the Panic of 1837, which was, of course, orchestrated by banking interests, but blamed uh, historically on Andrew Jackson. It was his fault, because at the time he had made federal land payments due in gold and silver. 
not paper money. Andrew Jackson was also, I could ask this question, Andrew Jackson is the last person to do what? What did Andrew Jackson do that since 1835 no other president has done? Other than go after his assassin with, you know, with a cane. (laughs) Well, he paid off the national debt. That's the last time the national debt was paid off in 1835. And so it goes on like this. Civil War. The assassination of John F. Kennedy. In 1837, after the panic, there was no central bank until 1862. Only state-chartered banks that loaned money against silver or gold and the states regulated their own loans, deposits, interest rates, etc. And that's exactly how it should be because only Congress has the power and authority to coin money. And so without a central bank or laws that allow for the collection of excess taxes, the colonies in America, the states, were essentially operating outside the structures of strict corporate banking control. And so 1861 was the year the bankers concocted a new scheme one that essentially had been used against Napoleon Bonaparte in 1815. Napoleon refused loans from the Rothschilds to create a central bank of France, but he was forced to borrow money later to defend the country from the British Duke of Wellington, who was also being loaned gold and other forms of money from Nathan Rothschild. So, And you might know that story of the Battle of Waterloo and the Rothschild networks of communication and all that. But we have a civil war, and the civil war was as much about banking as it was about slavery. In fact, the revolution in America was as much about finance as it was about independence. Well, independence from financial control. And uh, the colonial script that the colonies we're using obviously didn't jive very well with big central banks. And Benjamin Franklin even said that it was one of the primary causes of the revolution. And of course, the Civil War between the North and the South was much more than slavery. It was much more than banking. Banking was a big part of it. Abraham Lincoln wasn't so keen on freeing or keeping slaves. He was more keen on protecting the Union. But shortly after the war ended, John Wilkes Booth assassinated Lincoln, interestingly, around the Beltane Festival. That's another topic that's very interesting. John Wilkes Booth was associated with the Knights of the Golden Circle, which became the Ku Klux Klan, which today, I believe, are Black Lives Matter. If you haven't ever heard that before, well, you should check out my show, Black Magic Matters. It's in the archive at thesecretteachings.info in the free archive. Or you can subscribe to the full archive, the montages, get all the books and everything at www.thesecretteachings.info or use rdgable at yahoo.com for PayPal. Just donate $40. That's $40 and I'll get you access to all that. That's what supports the show and the network. 1865, it was revealed that there were other people involved in Abraham Lincoln's assassination, including the British Prime Minister, Lord Palmston, Judah P. Benjamin, 
Jacob Thompson, who withdrew $180,000 from an account in Canada to fund the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. So after his death, the American Congress voted to revoke the law permitting the printing of greenbacks and voted instead to implement the National Banking Act of 1863, which was presented by President Lincoln's former Treasury Secretary, Salmon P. Chase. And of course, that's where you get the name for Chase Bank. Salmon P. Chase. The Banking Act of 1863 then created a federally charted national bank, which ensured that any federal banks were to be privately owned and that all notes or currency issued would bear interest. And that's what it's all about. Usury. 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 It's about usury. Charging you money for borrowing other money. As it's created out of nothing. Uh, John Perkins, the author of Confessions of an Economic Hitman, who we've interviewed on this show before, said, quote, over the past three decades, 60 of the world's poorest countries have paid $550 billion. That's with a B, billion dollars. $550 billion in principal and interest on loans of $450 billion. Yet they still owe a whopping $523 billion on those same loans. The cost of servicing the debt is more than these countries spend on health and education and is 20 times the amount they receive annually in foreign aid. Personally, I don't like big banks. I don't think I'm part of the 99%. That's a counterintelligence operation. I'm not with Americans for Prosperity. That's a counterintelligence Koch brothers operation. I don't stand with somebody. I don't pick sides. Corruption is corruption. And if you're concerned about top-down corporate government control and fascism, you just heard the very definition of it right here on The Secret Teachings. Central banking. Offshore banking cartels. Corporate Banking monopolies, global government, the IMF, and the World Bank. That's where your real fascism is. It goes way, way, way beyond party lines. If you're interested to see what the real source of all the suffering is, don't look at the ties. Look at the wallets and follow the money because cash rules everything around me. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. More after this. Don't go anywhere. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence, but... I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on The Fringe FM. And join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's thesecretteachings.info and The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana? 
complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. Hey there, it's Ryan Gable, host of The Secret Teachings, right here on The Fringe FM, Monday through Friday. As we move from the month of Janus into the month of Imbolc, traditionally a time of ritual cleansing, The Secret Teachings is offering a special deal to help you clear the cobwebs out of your mind. With a one-year subscription to the show, access to all of the montages, all of my digital books, and a free copy of one of my books in physical form with free shipping in the United States and autographed if you'd like. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today by donating $40 through PayPal. Your support keeps us on air and helps to support the Fringe FM as a network. It also hopefully helps you to expand your consciousness and perceptions of the world through The Secret Teachings. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today by donating $40 through PayPal. That's thesecretteachings.info and rdgable at yahoo.com. They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then they, the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. It's like you're all working for the same guy. You're listening to The Fringe FM, where the wheel of the year turns from Yule to Letha, Ostara to Maybon. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. Want more of The Fringe? Check out thefringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows. Also, don't forget to check out The Fringe mobile app or the other ways you can tune in through the Paranormal Radio app and talk stream live. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's The Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Hi, this is John Perkins. I'm the author of The New Confessions of an Economic Hitman, as well as a number of other books. My website is johnperkins.org, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Hi, 
I'm Ryan Gable, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. You can catch The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday, five nights a week, right here on The Fringe at the same time every night. Going on 11 years broadcasting, about five professionally. Coming up on our 500th episode, just here on The Fringe. Thousands overall. And you can access all of those shows by visiting our website at www.thesecretteachings.info. Subscribing to the archive for $40 with our in-bulk sale for the month of February, which gets you access to the full archive for all the shows, all the montages, my digital books, and a free copy of one of the physical books, either Food Philosophy Occult Arcana, or the new edition of the Technological Elixir. That book will be printed in the second edition very soon, so we're taking pre-orders for that as well. www.thesecretteachings.info It supports you, the network, and the secret teachings. It allows us to do this show Monday through Friday. And when you hear us off-air... And you hear an old show in its place. It's not because we're flaky. It's just because I have my son once a week. And sometimes there are issues technically. And uh, there's an error we're unable to to do the show. But otherwise, we're here with you five nights a week. And there's a huge archive. And there's so much more of the secret teachings coming this year. As we've been here with you over a decade now. And over that decade ending the decade was the year 2020, the year of the metal rat, the year of a a rat that's a laboratory experiment, which we found that many people are willing to be that rat. They're willing to be that laboratory experiment. 2021 is the year of the ox, though, and the ox is a beast of burden. The ox is an animal that is worthy of sacrifice to the gods. One of our listeners named Esteban sent me an email about the ox making reference to Xbox, Apple's operating systems, and other things in pop culture along with the word oxygen. And he says that O and X are symbols of the mark of the beast. I've never heard that, but ox, O-X, ox is a symbol of sacrifice. And those of us who are marked with the ox as the sacrificial cattle to be sacrificed to the very system that we helped build are indeed marked by the beast. In fact, this is a subject esoterically and topically that I've added to the Technological Elixir book. I have a chapter now on being marked by the beast, and I've added another chapter on COVID-19 and how it relates to technology and AI, where I briefly touch on the cashless society. And one of the things that I talked about in the book is a story from 2017 that I talked about in 2017, and I've mentioned many times on other shows, the story that Visa, credit card company, 
was conducting an operation that was, I, I, I believe, very similar to the fraud undertaken by Wells Fargo, or Wells Fraudo, as I call them. Wells Fargo ran an account scandal for years where they created fake savings and checking accounts, fake in the sense that the peoples whose names they opened them in didn't actually sign up for a bank account, or they had one, and they didn't open a second one. So they created fraudulent accounts, and then they also put those members, some of them on insurance policies through the bank for things they didn't even own, like cars. And the bank made a lot of money, and they blamed their employees, fired 5,000 of them, then rehired them because the head of Wells Fargo said, we're sorry about that. We're going to treat you like number one now. Now? You just ripped us off. Now you're going to put us first? I thought the customer was always first. I thought the client was always first. They say client, right? Well, you're really a customer. You're exchanging your energy to the bank for the item of physical currency or the plastic card. That was a huge scam. That's one they got caught operating. Then you had the Visa scandal, which wasn't really a scandal. It was a great, wonderful thing that Visa did. What did they do, you might ask? Well, Visa declared war on cash. This was a headline in 2017 from the Associated Press and NBC News, and I'm sure many others, where Visa began offering to pay 50 small food and restaurant vendors $10,000 to go completely cash-free. Of course, they weren't giving them $10,000 in cash. The proposal would give them $10,000 in cash so that they would install payment systems and provide the platform for a cashless business interaction. Visa would then provide financial help and marketing, but the business had to stop taking cash. That was the stipulation. We'll give you $10,000. We'll pay for new systems to be installed. We'll give you financial help, but you have to stop taking cash. You have to sell your soul to the devil, basically. I mean, it, it, it's aggressively belligerent in what Visa tried to do. Uh, at the very least, it's brazen. And so in exchange for the influx of this $10,000 in capital, which would be huge for a lot of small businesses, especially now, Visa upgraded the restaurants or the other businesses and their checkout terminals so they could accept cashless payments like Apple Pay. Visa then invested some money in the store's marketing costs. Great. But they had to stop taking cash because there was a war on cash and Visa was spearheading it. Now, of course, the scam is, the fraud is, every transaction then shoots money back to Visa because you are, after all, using their systems. Did you think they were going to let you use their systems for free? No, you got to pay Visa. So you end up paying out more than $10,000. They just robbed you blind. But you might need that ten grand right away. In the long run, though, whoo, man, they stole lots of money from you. These are just small businesses. And that's what Visa was doing. They didn't get caught doing it. Nobody called it a fraud. 
but it is a fraud. It's a scam. I feel very sorry for those businesses who accepted that, but I guess you're either a dupey or a dupette. And they got duped. What I'm getting at tonight is the subject that very few people seem to be interested in anymore because when Occupy Wall Street was around, it was the hot topic. Everybody wanted to talk about banking and central banks, and it was a big, big subject. Now, the counterintelligence operation known as Occupy Wall Street, which is just one of many counterintelligence operations from QAnon to Black Lives Matter, which is a Marxist organization, a group of racist bigots who exploit people's goodwill and good intention by raising black fists in the air like communist third world countries, thinking that they're fighting against corruption when they're literally financed by corruption. Just like Occupy Wall Street used to use banks to put their money in so they could finance the the movement. I mean, fraud, total fraud. Just an enormous scam. Uh, And Black Lives Matter is basically the modern-day Ku Klux Klan. But again, if you want to learn about that, you can listen to my show in the archive, Black Magic Matters. I talk about it in that show. And I give you all the evidence for it. But the core of this is that subject of banking. Who are these bankers? What a lot of us fail to realize is that beyond the fringe and beyond the parapolitics, there are wizards. They are, they are wizards of Oz, or I call them, because this is the year of the ox, the wizards of ox. Because these wizards create the illusion that us, the ox, buy into. We fund it. We, we give it energy, currency. We participate in it. These wizards control us as cattle through the financial system. And these magicians, all they have to do is wave their magical Hollywood wands. That's what the Druidic magicians used to use, Hollywood, to make their wands. So these magicians wave their Hollywood wands like the Druids to cast these illusions through media and government financing. They do it through media by creating narratives and framed realities. They do it through government by directly controlling and regulating and shutting down competition and preventing people from making money and wanting to regulate Wall Street with top-down government control because some people bought some GameStop stock or GameStop stock. That's a hard one. GameStop stock, GameStop stock, GameStop stock. Got to say it three times. They bought some GameStop stock. And now they want to regulate into you know, oblivion like a fascist dictatorship an already controlled market. It's not really a free market. There are remnants of a free market. It's, it's, all, it's, a, it's a fraud. It's like Wells Fargo or Wells Fraudo. It's like Visa. It's a scam. All of it's a scam, but we keep playing the game. It's Monopoly money. We keep playing the game. These used to be really big talking points when people got an erection. Oh, Occupy Wall Street. I'm in, I'm in the 99% bumper stickers and you know little buttons and hashtags. If we had hashtags back then like we do today, that would have been all there was. Occupy Wall Street. Occupy Wall Street. Down with the 1%. It's a lot less than 1%, folks. It's a lot more than 99%. And you think you, you've got them on the ropes. You've got them in the corner. You know what Occupy Wall Street was? Occupy Wall Street was another version of QAnon. It was just a left-leaning version of it. Why? Because Occupy Wall Street, which really didn't have a direction, was all about getting those big bankers and showing them, you mean business. You, you, what do you mean, like the, the people making $15 an hour working at the Wells Fargo downtown? You're going to get those bankers? Or you mean the people that own the banks that, like, they own countries? 
you know, and they have big hideout getaways like Bill Gates and 75 car garages and, you know, $10 billion yachts. Those are the real, you're going to occupy their houses? No, because it's all a ruse. It's a scam to justify something. And Occupy Wall Street was just another QAnon and vice versa because it didn't go anywhere and it just it just made a mockery of the subject of corruption in finance and banking. And nothing changes. Nothing is different. And, and, and these magicians that wave their wands, these wizards of ox that control the cattle, they wave their wands like druidic magicians, the Hollywood wands, and they cast these illusions through media and government and that the financing thereof, and although they're generally anonymous, we know them better as banksters. Banksters control virtually everything around us. Sure, cash rules everything around us, but really, it's the wizards of ox that control the world. They create the illusions. When they need a solution to a problem that isn't a problem to most people, like you don't personally want to tax people for breathing, but if you want to tax people for breathing and justify the control of the very essence of what allows people's bodies to function, you tax it like the World Bank wants to do at $4 trillion. Because, yeah, greedy banksters are going to fix the climate problem. Sure, they'll get right on it. I mean, look at the collectivized wealth anyway. What are they doing with that wealth to save the environment? Nothing. But no, we give them $4 trillion. They'll take care of it right away for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like what John Perkins said. Economic hitmen are highly paid professionals who cheat countries around the globe out of trillions of dollars. They funnel money from the World Bank, the U.S. Agency for International Development, and other foreign aid organizations into the coffers of huge corporations in the pockets of a few wealthy families who control the planet's natural resources. Their tools include fraudulent financial reports, rigged elections, payoffs, extortion, sex, and murder. They play a game as old as empire, but one that has taken on new and terrifying dimensions during the time, during this time of globalization. We have a winner. Ding, 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 ding. There it is. And yet, we go on fighting about ties. Hey, your tie's blue. You're a, yeah, yeah, I don't like you. You're a libtard. Hey, your tie's red. You're a racist bigot. It's like there, there are really good comebacks to all of that. You know, I could, I could argue both sides, for and against. I try to present myself in the middle because I really do see other points of view and i see that like i i'm I'm not participating i was fooled at one point but if occupy wall street was around today i would not participate in occupy wall street i would not participate in the remnants of anonymous i would not participate in QAnon or black lives matter that racist ku klux klan organization the marxist communist fascist gestapo thugs i wouldn't participate with antifa which are far worse than black lives matter I wouldn't participate in any of it, and I don't, because it's all a scam. You ever wonder why none of the stuff gets shut down? You ever wonder why there's stand-down orders to police? 
You ever wonder why it's very convenient that some people on Reddit, that some people on some chat rooms, and this is why I don't even fully buy the whole GameStop thing as a win for the little man, because it's just like a bunch of people that just conveniently, they, they, they figured out the system, they beat the system, and now the system's like, okay, great, you beat us, congratulations, uh, level two is going to be way harder, now we're going to control the whole markets with government regulation. Good luck, little man. I just feel like it's a giant scam. And maybe it's not. Maybe people did, you know, maybe they're the ones, the little guys, are the ones that found a way around the the the, the barriers of, of this artificial construct that we call a free market, which, you know, would generally work if there wasn't so much fraud and corruption. But we need to focus our attention on a topic that is very, very, very much like an illusion itself. It's like a phantom. Just don't even think about it. You think about where that money in your wallet comes from, that money in your bank account. Where's that come from? How do we make that money? Who controls that money? Who creates that money? Who's to say who gets that money? You want to look at the real source of inequality and injustice? It's banks. You do know that, right? It's banks. But oh, no, you, you can't even say that to a liberal anymore who were primarily the people that were on the front lines of the Occupy Wall Street movement. You can't even say that to liberals anymore. They lose it. They love banks. They love global government. They love bending over and taking Q-tips from China up the asshole to see if they have COVID. That's a real thing, by the way. Did you know that? They're doing anal tests in China. China is literally making people bend over and take it up the ass to see if they have COVID. And you stick the Q-tip in two inches, swirl it ten times, and pop it out. And if they don't get a good read, they put it back in. They literally are effing you in the ass, literally, not figuratively, literally, and people are bending over and taking it because they got money to make. They got things, they got stuff to, they got shit to do. Sure, stick the cube tub out my ass. I mean, literally, like, you say it figuratively, like, oh, yeah, the bankers have been raping us. So you can't say rape anymore. The bankers have been molested. You can't say molest anymore. The bankers are, you know, are really, really powerful. They're really in control, and they're really just, you know, effing all of us. But you can't say that anymore. People are, no, I love banks. I love, I love banks. What are you talking about? Wells Fargo wouldn't rip me off. Well, here's like hundreds and hundreds of documents where they're ripping people off. Wells Fargo wouldn't do that to me. Well, they did it to me. I was the victim of it. They stole $4,000 from me. I didn't get any money back. I didn't get a bailout. Nobody cared about me. It's a scam. Occupy Wall Street was a scam. Wells Fargo is a scam. The company is a fraudulent organization. Nobody cares. Just go put your money in the bank. And see, then if you sit here and you're like, pull your money out, they consider that a threat to national security. No, the threat to national security is the Federal Reserve and central banking. That's the threat to national security. That's the threat to civil liberties, human rights, and freedom in all forms, wherever it exists, around the planet, in the past, in the present, and where it may exist if there is any remnants of it left as an ideology or a concept in the future. 
So I will tell you, you want to fight the banks and you want to fight the corrupt elite power structure, chop your credit card in half or at least use it as least as possible, as minimal as possible, your credit card, debit card. Use cash. And companies, by the way, that say we're not taking cash because we don't have bills to break 100, we don't have coins, oh, doesn't matter because most places, if they don't accept the currency, I don't care if there's a coin shortage, the law doesn't care about a coin shortage. If they don't accept the currency, they have to give you the product for free. Oh, yeah. They won't tell you that, just like they won't tell you that a jury can reverse a judge's decision. Jury rights. But I've seen people firsthand in groups I was in in Orlando get arrested for informing people about their rights. They don't want you to know what your rights are as a member of a jury. They don't want you to know what your rights are as a citizen who is legally paying legal tender for an item. And if you don't give them the item for that money and you refuse to accept that money, you are breaking the law and that customer can legally take the item, as far as I understand it, in multiple states in the United States. So stop participating in the system. Pull, I, I, pull, I pull all my money out of the bank. I don't mess with banks. I got a credit union to, to process things. That's the minimal I'll do. And everything else, it goes right into my hands, literally, physically. I want it in cash. I want it in silver. I want it in food. I want it in resources. I do not want paper currency any more than banks do. I do not want somebody controlling something that other people determine what the value is. I want something I can use. I want something that is useful. I don't want something that other people can control and I have to trade in for you know, for, for whatever the cost is, and it fluctuates. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. Cash rules everything around me, and it's controlled by the wizards of ox that slaughter us as cattle when the time has come, when we are done fashioning the conveyor belt of our own slaughter. We've willfully allowed ourselves to be test rats, Lab rats, and now in 2021, the year of the rat, we are the cattle in the year of revelation, and we are just itching to be slaughtered because I love big government, love big banks, I love corruption, love communist China, love Marxism. It's equal, it's just, it's all the things that it really isn't, but that's psych warfare. And sometimes warfare... It's a matter of information, and if you don't even have this information on what banking is, how it operates, how it works, what central banking is, you aren't even in the fight. You don't even know there's a war, but you're subject to it. And every day, every night, you're the victim of it. Every transaction, you're the victim of it. This is corporate, cartel, global government banking that dictates and controls every level of our lives. Most people never even question it. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. If you'd like to email us, rdgable at yahoo.com. Otherwise, www.thesecretteachings.info. Subscribe to the show. It's $40. It gets you access to the archive, the montages, my digital books, and a physical book with free shipping in the U.S. You can also buy the books on the website, and that supports the network, The Fringe FM, the show, The Secret Teachings, and it supports you. Stay safe, stay informed, and we will talk to you on the next broadcast.
Time may be up for tonight's broadcast of The Secret Teachings, but don't worry, you can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on The Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.